Petri Dish is a product of Petri Dish Media, all rights reserved. Petri Dish is a science comedy podcast and should not be used as medical advice. Do not get medical advice from a podcast. And therefore, as a free man, I take pride in the words, Ich bin ein Science! Science! Yes. I know the human being and science, science. can just peacefully. This was their finest. This episode is brought to you by Their Watches. At Petri Dish, we've started to do a lot of camping. And that means we need watches that aren't just stylish, that don't just look good, but are resilient that are tough, that are gonna be able to handle the elements, handle whatever you're doing out there in nature. That's why we're looking at Vare Watches. And if you go to varewatches.com, V-A-E-R watches.com, and use our promo code PODGO15, P-O-D-G-O-1-5, then you can get these sexy American watches all up on your wrists. Vare Watches! Guys, welcome to Petri Dish. I'm Nathan. I'm Sean. I'm the bartender, the resident common man. Okay, kind of a Jacksonian Democrat, and uh, <laughs> and Sean is John Quincy Adams. He's so elite. He's so smart. <laughs> he has a college degree. I have a college degree. He has a college degree that's useful. <laughs> I got a PhD, motherfucker. Yeah, I went you, through some trouble to get that. You went through some trouble. Yeah. So, guys, we're gonna talk about disease this episode. We haven't talked about him. We haven't had the chance because he's been off kicking ass in Somali and Jewish communities. What the fuck are you <laughs> talking about measles? <laughs> We've all heard of measles, right? I feel like measles is that thing you used to make fun of kids for. You'd be like, ah, you have measles. <laughs> <But> <laughs> anyway, so, so, you know, we like we've all heard of measles. Not even so much that it's in the past, it's just kind of like, it almost feels esoteric to me. Like, it's not related to my life, even though I know it on some, it exists like banana milk or something. It's out there, macadamia nut milk in the ether. But measles are kind of making, well, it's complicated. Measles is this crazy disease that's super transmissible, way more transmissible than COVID. And modern science and the work of charitable groups has done remarkable uh, has done a remarkable job getting rid of measles around the world or lessening the cases. And meanwhile, cases are rising in America because we've done a remarkable world making our country a third world country again. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, I think in the context of what's going on right now, I, we try to keep our episodes evergreen. Okay, and not talk about current events. I'm lying. Oh, we only talk about no. I just but, <laughs> this but, is gonna sound so dumb, but I wasn't sure what you meant by evergreen there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it means is not talking about current events. But oh. this is during a pandemic time. Yeah. Okay. And viewers might forget, but that's true still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Uh, almost <laughs> for the lifetime of this podcast, probably it's a pandemic time. Right. Whenever they're listening to it. <laughs> but COVID, which is the pandemic du jour is a pretty good spreader, but it's got nothing on measles, right? Yeah. Measles completely blows it out of the water in terms of spreading like wildfire. Yeah. 
And so we're gonna talk this episode about like what is measles, what can you do about measles, what happens to you, all the good stuff. Yeah, why you shouldn't worry about COVID on this episode of Peachy Dish. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Just kidding. Good we're enough. over the hump. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, uh, we're doomed. <laughs> Our country is doomed. I'm not going to lie to you, Sean. I found this new wine today called Lagrine, and it's like Southern Alpine wine. Uh-huh. It's really good. Is it a red wine? Well, it's in my belly is what it is. <laughs> was it a red wine? Yeah, it was a red wine. Because your lips are stained with it. <laughs> so, I've, been, I've been looking at you. I've also been sucking blood. <laughs> screaming all of these words that we screeching at our listeners. With your fucking stained lips, your wine-stained lips. So, Sean, I, I've heard of measles. I've heard tell old wives' tale of measles, old shanties of measles getting, like, unvaccinated communities in the Midwest. Or, like, you know, I don't know, like, San Marino County moms or something get measles or something. Sure. Apparently, people out there get measles. But what... But, 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 but what is it really? Is it, like, polio? Like, I can't walk? Like, what is measles? Sure. Okay. So it's a viral disease. All right. Okay. And it, you, get through, you get it through sex and memes. <laughs> the memes one is what did it for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm mad about the sex. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's not an STI. It's a viral disease and it used to cause major epidemics every like two to three years. And it used to kill like 2.6 million people a year. What, what time period are we talking? Like fucking 5,000 BCE? Like... Uh, you know, I mean, all the way up until like the 1950s or so, you know, like, Whoa. we used to have the outbreaks all the time and the virus can spread from people by direct contact, but it also really easily spreads in the air through coughs and sneezes. Okay. Okay. And it starts out infecting your respiratory system, but then it kind of spreads out throughout your entire body. All right. Okay. So this kind of sounds like COVID so far. Interestingly. Yeah. It's got some similarities. It starts out with a high fever. Yeah. It typically shows up 10 to 12 days after exposure to the virus, and it lasts for four to seven days. Okay. Okay, so not super long, right? Uh, you get a runny nose and a cough at this point. Okay. Uh, after a few days of being sick, you get a rash that shows up on your face and neck, and then it starts to spread all over your body. And so the measles, I think, aside from maybe like a cough and fever, the rash is what people really think of when it comes to measles. So it's kind right. Of, it's one of those big symptoms that distinguishes it from I think stuff. what COVID teaches you that if you have a respiratory illness, everyone's going to be like, ha, who gives a fuck? It could kill like literally. <laughs> it's just the flu. It could kill every grandparent in the world. And people will be like, it's a cough. You need, you need skin stuff right. to you, get real. You need something extra. Yeah. So typically that rash lasts around a week. Measles hits kids hardest under the age of five and adults over the age of 30. Okay. So they tend to have a harder course of disease. So you and me, we're safe. No, I'm over 30, dude. I was trying to give you this, Sean. <laughs> That's very generous of you. That's very generous. But I'm, I'm trying to live my best life, <laughs> being honest about oh, my age. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is a new Hollywood. Sean, your okay. best life is 30 till you're dead. <laughs> okay, and then someone can discover what you really were. I see. That makes a lot of sense. So uh, there is a chance for more dire symptoms to show up while you have measles. Okay, like encephalitis. Okay. You remember what encephalitis is? You know, I actually was going to ask you. It's like where something's swollen, like a brain stem or your your stem or Yeah, it's kinda like 
head inflammation, you know, like brain inflammation. Okay. There's, there's like different kinds of things that can get inflamed to be encephalitis, but broadly. That's bad. It is bad. Yeah. My um, brain is always inflamed and I'm... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My brain's always inflamed and I can't add. <laughs> right? Um, blindness, deafness, pneumonia, diarrhea. Okay, a couple of those are bad. <laughs> diarrhea is not so bad. <laughs> it's just your existential state. Well, it's funny because it's it's weird to remember that, like, you know, in Henry V or something, like, dysentery, right? That, like, killed a lot of people, right? Yeah, yeah. England would rule France were it not for butt stuff. Sure. But, like, to me, I poop really good and really regularly. So diarrhea is actually more like the spice of life. <laughs> it's like I'll all of a sudden be like, woo! Right? And it'll be like, I'm going to Jamaica and I'm meeting Tay Diggs. Like, that's so, me with diarrhea. So diarrhea still kills a lot of people. Mostly, mostly because what diarrhea does is it makes it so that you get dehydrated and lose electrolytes really quickly. Right? And so it's more about not... It's people being in a situation where they can't safely restore those things very easily. Right. So people with really severe diarrhea, a lot of times if they have access to like a hospital or something, you can give them an IV bag. You can make sure they stay hydrated and and have good proper electrolyte levels. But if not, then they're wrecked. Yeah, you can can die pretty easily from diarrhea if you don't have proper attention. Yeah, but you could die from COVID. You could die from anything. No, just kidding. (laughs) Uh, No, it's funny because, you know, so Stacey watched this full season of Hoarders on Netflix and I only ever could manage the first 10 minutes and then made me feel too darkly about America to finish. Sure. And I feel like, and I know this is not technically true, but I think every character in that show dies from diarrhea. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, like I I just feel in my bones that by minute 30, a doctor comes in and is like, you need to go to the hospital. And they're like, they're like, I ain't going to the hospital. This is my Barbie doll with mold on it. <laughs> this is where we've sunk to is, <laughs> is diarrhea noises out of your mouth. The peak of comedy. <laughs> it's either that or constipation, right? It's, it's always some kind of toilet thing that kills you. It's either diarrhea or you burst a blood vessel trying to push too hard. Yeah, like Elvis, right? Yeah, probably. He died on a toilet. I don't remember which way it was. Yeah. (laughs) Probably from an axe to the head. Anyway. (laughs) So these worst symptoms of measles are correlated with being vitamin A deficient. Okay. Or being malnourished, which can include vitamin A deficiency, or having an otherwise weakened immune system. All bad. Yeah. And out of everyone who gets measles, 30% of them will have worse symptoms. Yeah. Okay. 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 And so that means that if you have like 500 sick people with measles, one of them will die. Okay. And that's a fatality rate of 0.2% in a developed country. Like right now. Yeah, in the U.S. Okay. Okay. In countries where children may have kind of like a reduced access to healthcare, that's more like a 5% fatality rate. Okay. Okay. So one kid out of 20 that get measles can die. So... Out of a thousand people with measles, one will get the encephalitis. Okay. And they'll have a- It's the 405. <laughs> All right. It's not 405. They'll, they'll get that itis. Okay. And they'll have a 15% chance of dying and a 25% chance of lasting neurological damage. I think I'd take the 15% chance, right? How do you feel? <laughs> you don't get to roll for them separately. <laughs> yeah. Uh, two different D- D20 rolls. <laughs> They're all part of the same roll, buddy. <laughs> and. of measles cases develop the pneumonia. And that actually accounts for a majority of the deaths from measles. That's terrible. getting pneumonia from it. Dude, I remember watching in the band plays on, and all those dudes got pneumonia. And Kaposi's. Yeah, Kaposi's sarcoma. Which? Go ahead, go ahead, say it. No, you first. I found out Kaposi's sarcoma 
is a herpes virus related oh. to Epstein-Barr virus. Epstein-Barr, and you know, Epstein-Barr was getting his start in 70s and 80s Republican administrations. The same time Epstein-Barr was pretending to be an SAT teacher and then a stockbroker. <laughs> they cause herpes. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. <laughs> Things are getting real complicated. What, what were you going to jump in with? Oh, well, just Disney Plus has a new documentary on like the... I know, it's so benign compared to your crazy like, shit. Get them to give us money before no, you start spouting this shit. No, it's just apparently they have a new documentary about the guy who... The lyricist behind like all the big hits for like the late 80s and 90s that kind of revived Disney. But he was a gay man who... I mean, that's one of the reasons those, those movies have a lot of themes of being an outcast and of like... Like, like Beating the Beast, you know, like has a lot of themes of like society judging you for whatever ailment you have. And then he dies of HIV in 1991. And apparently documentary sister's like, oh, my God, it's not political. His music, that's what makes it universal. And it's like, I know, bitch. It sounds <laughs> kind of like he's trying to get some recognition. <laughs> Fuck. All right. Well, that was beautiful. I'm glad you did it. Well, see, I'm glad you did it. I had a nice non-political statement, <laughs> all right, and you had some crazy conspiracy theory no, about Epstein Barr. I'm glad that was that was lovely. Okay, so <laughs> so out of a <laughs> out of a million cases of measles, five to ten of them will get better, only to then fall ill in a kind of relapse disease, like up to fifteen years later. I want to I want to hear you say the name of this. All right, this disease is called subacute sclerosing panencephalitis and brain inflammation from the leftover measles virus. Like okay. a lot of leftovers, you don't want it. It'll kill you. <laughs> no. It's growing some mold. <laughs> no, I like leftovers. Well, not the moldy ones. But anyway, yeah. this subacute sclerosing panencephalitis is fatal, and it has no cure. Wow. Okay, but an acceptable number of people die from it. Is what I'm hearing. It's like pretty low. Acceptable shit. <laughs> I mean, Sean, what we've learned is 200,000 Americans is an acceptable number. <laughs> so like five out of a million is really acceptable. So we'll, we'll get to this a little bit later, but there is a vaccine for this thing. Uh, and so really no one should be getting it or dying from it. So the, the yeah, acceptability Sean, window. What do you want? The freedom to die of measles? <laughs> Or Bill Gates to control your brain. <laughs> what do you prefer, dude? <laughs> I listen to Q. <laughs> wow. All right. Let's take a break while I beat the Q out of Nathan. <laughs> Let's take a break. Listen, we all know humans are fucked. And there's only one type of guy who can save us from ourselves. Elon Musk. But people won't listen to him. Because they're stupid. Don't they know Elon Musk can do for them? What he did for his balding head? Heal them. But they're too dumb. So Elon and all his Silicon Valley friends are gonna do to Earth what they did to their wives. Ditch them for a newer planet. We're taking SpaceX all the way to Mars, baby. Fuck Earthlings. But luckily for you people, they can't abandon all of us. They need laborers in the future. So sign up to SpaceX's indentured spaceman program, and you can help them bring class exploitation into the future. Work your way out of seven years of debt under the stars. Build a beautiful colony and work its minds while the smart guys think of newer, better ways to redistribute wealth upwards. All this exploitation and more, you can enjoy after a debt burden ride into the cosmos. Look, we all know there's a world where you put away your ancient animosities, had faith in your fellow man, 
and fought for a more egalitarian future. And we all know that's horseshit, you ain't gonna do that. There's a new season of Queer Eye on Netflix. So, don't let the future blast off without you. Sign up for SpaceX's indentured spaceman program and help bring the modern kleptocracy to Mars. Welcome back. Sean's just beat the Q out of me. And by Q, we mean the trickster of Triskelion. I mean a little dandy who's running around and he's keeping Kirk and all the boys in his little games. <laughs> and he's tied to the broader Star Trek canon through Q. Right. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Now, now I'm on board. I understand now. So Sean just beat the non-corporeal life form right out of me. <laughs> That's beautiful. Wow. You're very brave. <laughs> I am brave. Okay, hashtag brave. <laughs> okay, shit. Well, okay. The measles virus is an enveloped RNA virus. Mm, um, so uncircumcised. <laughs> it's, it's like the French porn star Michael Ferreira. <laughs> this is actually a situation where it is, again, similar to SARS-CoV-2. Okay, cool. In that it has a lipid membrane surrounding the kind of protein shell of the virus. The audience can't see this, but the way your lips smacked more than usual when you said lipid was really sexy. Oh, well, good. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, well, that's, keep telling me about your phospholipid bilayer. Yeah, the lipids. <laughs> um, so it has no known animal reservoir. And okay. it seems instead to just have humans as the natural host. Oh, that's cool. Okay, so we're going to spread measles to each other. Hey, wait a minute. If, if measles rates are pretty rare in America, but the natural reservoir are humans, how the fuck does it spread at all? So sometimes it's somebody coming from another country or going to another country and picking it up and then coming back. So foreign countries are the natural reservoirs. I mean, I will say in the U.S., there are some pockets of okay, people. Okay, so we're the natural reservoir. <laughs> being very naughty. But every once oh, in a while, that, that is something that happens, especially in countries that have relatively high vaccination rates is someone will go on vacation ah. and bring it back. Okay. Now, it is very infectious. Okay. So the r not of measles. Do you remember what r not is? That, I mean, that's how many people you spread it to, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, like my Taco Bell r not is like fucking 2000. <laughs> I just buy a bunch of tacos and I go to the beach. And I'm like, taco party! You just, you, you just spread it around. <laughs> I just believe in chalupas. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to eat chalupa because everyone's like, Taco Bell's bad. It's like, you haven't had a chalupa. <laughs> They're I, at least okay. Tweet at us, everybody. Do you like Taco Bell? How do you feel? <laughs> if someone tweets that they like Del Taco, thank you for tweeting us and we'll tweet you back. And we appreciate your support. <laughs> that was much more diplomatic than I thought you were going to say. Um, yeah, so so the r not of measles is like 12 to 18. Okay. Wow. So And, like, COVID is, like, actually basically one, right? Like, most people don't spread COVID. It's, like, one person at a funeral licks everybody. Whereas this one, you're, you're if you have measles, you're likely to spread it to 12 to 18 people. Yeah, so r not can shift based off of are people wearing masks? Are people social distancing and stuff like that? Do so masks I, help with measles, too? Because it's respiratory, I suppose. So I'm not aware of any studies that have shown this, but yeah. one would assume that it would help a little bit. Right. Based on South Korean folklore, masks are just always useful. <laughs> and they hide your plastic surgery. So, like, just generally useful. <laughs> they also protect you from fan death. Which yeah, is nice. yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, that's true. that's <laughs> when you watch BTS too long without any protective covering, <laughs> and you just die. <laughs> Dynamite! <laughs> the, the lesser known but increasingly common fan death. 
Dude, um, I had this epiphany of why, because I listened to their new song, yeah. BTS. Dynamite. And I like it. And then I watched a music video and I hated the song. And I realized, because then, just like brain neurons firing, I watched Lifestyles and the Rich and the Famous with Good Charlotte. And I realized, I just don't like music videos or bands where most of the music video is their faces. <laughs> like, I just don't want to see the guy singing, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so, <laughs> that's funny. I was watching the music video and every time that they smiled, right? I cringed. And I was like, it's like, do I just like not like seeing guys have a good time? Is that, <laughs> is that like a weird thing I have? And you know, because we're half Korean, I was watching it and when I cringed, I was like, am I internalizing self-hate? <laughs> like, is this my fear of attractive Asian men. <laughs> Bruce Lee's hot. <laughs> like, sure, sure. <laughs> Harry Kim from Voyager had a huge cock. You know? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fuck. Okay, so humans are the natural reservoir for measles. It's super duper infectious. Yeah, and it appears... That, that means that basically... There's been an unbroken chain of humans passing measles on to other humans all the way since back to when measles first evolved. That's interesting. It's pretty impressive. Which which goes back to either between 400 CE or 1500 CE. I noticed you wrote AD, Anno Domini, you Christian. Hey. I'm going to say CE for common era because I'm so secular, bro. I'm just trying to give Jesus some props. Aish. I'm a pico de la Merendola style humanist. Okay, I believe we can ascend <laughs> the Aristotelian ladder of being. All right, fine. So CE. 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 I CE your cock, bitch. It's still a Western-based conception. Oh, my God. historical time. Dude, I am... Such a Western chauvinist that that does not work on me. All right. So, yeah, sometime between 400 and 1500 CE is when measles seem to have evolved, with the most likely time sitting around almost William the Conqueror times. Ooh. Which you should probably say the time. 1066. I mean, 1074 is the most likely year, but I don't know. I don't know how much you can pin it down to a specific year, honestly. When you say William the Conqueror, I get full chub. But when the audience hears William the Conqueror, they might not know 1066 offhand. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so 1074. How do, how do people even come up with that year? How would a researcher know that 1074 is when measles evolved to hit humans? So first of all, they have to compare it to something. Okay? Yes. And so they're comparing it to a virus that they think also sort of like split off from the same ancestor. Okay, okay? cool. What is it? It's called Rinderpest. So that afflicts the penises of Dutchmen. <laughs> It does sound like it. But actually, this causes disease in cows. So still the penis of Dutchman. <laughs> How do you think the cows get it? Okay. Yeah. Um, so what you do is you look at the two genomes... And you see how many nucleic acid differences there are. Cool. And you can kind of get an idea of what their ancestor might have looked like. And then you use something, usually it's called like a molecular clock. It's the idea that like mutations happen at a certain kind of pace over time. Dude, yes. We're talking and, Watchmen level shit now. And the thing is that like, this has become a more and more sophisticated analysis tool over time. Because as it turns out, in different things, mutations happen at different rates. And sometimes it's not always a constant rate, sort of depending on a lot of factors. And so they've gotten very sophisticated at it. And that's why it's a window, though, right? Like 400 to 1500, there's a pretty good amount of wiggle room in there. Has Monsanto's GMO experiments brought the molecular clock close to midnight? 
Like I'll be like I'll be like right off the verge. Again, very close. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Someday we'll all be dinosaurs with frog DNA. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, rawr. I realized we didn't actually have a, a dinosaur episode scheduled. Oh yeah. We should probably do that sometime. Is there like this is such a stupid statement. Because I know there's science about dinosaurs. But is there, like, cool evolving biology about dinosaurs? I mean, like, they're so old. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's only been so many years since the feather thing happened, right? I literally thought you were going to say since they were gone. I was like, like, yeah, only (laughs) 6,000. It's only been 6,000 years. Birds are still here with us. They're dinosaurs. No, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. We still (laughs) have dinosaurs. I'm not fucking doing that shit. I saw a really interesting thing. Oh, fuck. But this this episode's not about dinosaurs. We'll talk about this. This is actually kind of a short one. Just let it happen. (laughs) There was an interesting thing about T-Rex and like body mass, like where its muscles are distributed and stuff like that, where the bodies of T-Rexes have, they've modeled them differently over the years yeah because they've done this analysis and they're like oh t-rexes you know they might have had a bigger six-pack than we thought <laughs> like really <that. laughs> i thought it was like the opposite i thought they looked sillier than we thought or something because like, they're like i think when they have kind of a bigger belly they do look a little sillier but like the musculature okay because the muscles don't stick around right like the bones are all the same right we can only guess what the musculature is based on the bones right and and some analysis from a few different things every once in a while i think you can get maybe like an imprint that like a body leaves behind or something. That's cool. But I'd need to look into it. So okay, what I'm so saying is there is here. evolving science. Okay. So dinosaurs being only 6,000 years old are not the reason we have measles, right? <laughs> measles right. emerged more recently in mm-hmm. humans of the natural reservoir, maybe from Dutchman fucking cows <laughs> called, you know, Rinderplists <laughs> yes. around like 1074. Yes. When the Holy Roman Emperor was having an investiture fight with the Pope. Was that happening? In you don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was later, but okay. They had a lot of fights. I don't remember. There was an investiture fight with Gregory, I think the 7th in or 8th. I don't know. I mean, he's dead. But like either the 1050s or the 1070s. I don't remember which. So Rinderpest, cow disease. And then it evolved a little bit. Okay, cool. Split off, hopped into people. So we got it from cows, everybody. That's where measles came from. And then we've been passing it to each other ever since. Bummer. So what does the virus do when it hops into your body? Well, it starts out as a respiratory disease. So it infects cells in your lungs, including immune cells in your lungs, especially macrophages and dendritic cells. And as we know, guys, that's bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is bad. But also, as you guys may not know, depending on whether you've listened to our innate immune system episode... Macrophages and dendritic cells are innate immune cells that normally will eat up pathogens and then help your T cells learn about them for your adaptive immune response. So it is definitely a bummer. In Korean, T cell mogul, 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 mogul. Macrophages and dendritic cells mogul, you son of a bitch. How did you not listen? I I just said this sentence. (laughs) I had to remember what the Korean word for eat was. <laughs> you used up all of your brain juice on remembering Mogo. <laughs> That's not even Japanese for eat. Don't let me stop you. <laughs> That's not even Japanese for you eat. Keep going, Sean. Itadakimasu is like, let's eat. Sean. Taberu. I want you to imagine, okay, an obstacle in your way. I'm the obstacle. <laughs> Get over me. It's not hard to imagine. <laughs> <laughs> it's just my naked body lying on the road being like, Sean, stop! <laughs> Stop, Sean! (laughs) So, what happens is the measles infects these macrophages and the dendritic cells in the lungs, and then they go to the nearby lymph nodes, which is what they normally would do to help mount an immune response. They would normally go to lymph nodes, which are like immune 
signaling centers. That's cool. Right? So it'd be kind of like going to the police station or something like that or to like an FBI headquarters. Right. <laughs> but they're, they're trying to spread the information, okay? They are trying to find T-cells to present this virus to. Right. Except in this case, they're actually infected. And so right. what they're actually doing is helping to spread the virus. Right. They're just looking at militiamen shooting people being like, hey, man, pass by. We appreciate you. So political. <laughs> <laughs> so political out of you. Um, That's so, true. Blue eyes matter. Okay. I want to no. support both sides. How can you? There are a lot of fine people. <laughs> We're just whiplashing between. Oh, my God. <laughs> if Andrew Yang was president, we'd have no problems. Holy shit. <laughs> okay. Fuck. Uh, so... The macrophages and the dendritic cells, they bring the virus to the lymph nodes, and then they help it spread to other cells, including T cells and B cells, right? And if you listen to our adaptive immune response episode, you'd know T cells and B cells are really important for that adaptive immune response. B cells are making the antibodies. T cells are helping generate memory and are waking up the B cells. They're activating your whole immune system. Mm. So the virus can infect and damage lung cells directly. So not just immune cells, but also your actual lung cells. Blood vessel cells that can lead to hacking coughs that help spread the virus, but also capillary damage. And that can cause more inflammation. And that's what causes the rashes. Okay. Smart disease. Well, I don't know if the rashes are it thinking about. Like, yeah, but the like, coughing, I want to make this guy look weird. The coughing's good. Yes. The coughing is like when Ben Shapiro will say something super offensive and then he gets tweeted about it. Even mm. when people are angry, they're like, ah, ah, they're hacking about it. Yes. Now Ben Shapiro's in my brain and he's on my YouTube ad and I'm so mad. Ben Shapiro is like measles. You're yeah, he right. is. So <laughs> if the virus manages to... There's a sign on the 405 freeway going northbound from where I live that's just Ben Shapiro's fucking face. Just a smarmy fuck face. Being like, drive conservatively. And it makes me road rage every time. I drive so liberally after that. I'm like, I'm like almost crashing. I'm like, ah! I'm like going in and out of the carpool lane. I'm like, ah! How many people have died? How much vehicular blood is on his hands on that fucking sign? Oh my God. Um, Anyway, if the virus manages to damage and cross the blood-brain barrier, that's how you can get the encephalitis that I was talking about earlier. Okay. Something that's been really solidly demonstrated in this paper that came out last year is that measles, by infecting all of your immune cells, actually disrupts the memory of your immune system. That's pretty cool. So it can cause an immune amnesia. Right. Which actually makes your immune system forget its memory of previous other infections. Dude, measles sounded like a Christopher Nolan film to me. And that it's like really not as good as, <laughs> as some similar types of diseases. What the fuck? <laughs> but it whacks with your brain. How can you go after Nolan after Tenet just started getting reviews that says it's awesome? I read the opposite reviews. All the reviews I read gave it a C or something. C's all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's COVID, guys. Get over it. C passes. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> That's true. I barely got through Spanish. But hold on. Wait a second. You, you started joking with your jokey mouth. I, I want this to hit a little harder. Okay. okay. Immune amnesia means that you can get vaccinated for shit. Other yeah. shit. Unrelated. Unrelated. Other. You can get vaccinated for other things, get measles, and then no longer be protected for those other diseases. That's really cool. You understand? It, like, it erases your immune system's memory. Damn. And so that means that a lot of people, it's an added danger of measles besides the potential for dying from measles directly. That's right? really cool. And so I think that's one of the crazy things is, 
Well, we'll talk about the history of measles in the next segment. Yeah. But there was a point where people were like, measles is a fact of life. Everyone gets measles. Right. And okay. what John F. Kennedy had to go be like, no, measles will make you forget about other diseases. Why didn't you elect my grandson to Congress? Hey, you finally made it. Yeah. You finally made it. Before we started recording, Nathan said he wanted to get an Ed Markey thing in there. Oh, yeah. Answer. I like both. I'm conflicted. <laughs> I also don't vote in Massachusetts, so it doesn't matter. That's true. So, because of this immune amnesia thing, it's thought that measles infection might have actually been responsible for many more childhood deaths from the disease than actually occurred directly from measles symptoms. So measles already has like a pretty high death toll that racked up over the years, but it might actually be responsible for way more death. Right. Because it just increased the odds that kids get sick with something even that they might have had already and die. So, I mean, I mean, obviously that's liberal anti-anti-vaxxer propaganda statistics, right? But, but, <laughs> but yeah, that's totally nuts, right? <laughs> so, Anti-anti-vaxxer. Um, I saw a thing that was like anti-antifa. And I was like, you know, you can say it shorter, right? And just go fascist. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, oh boy, well, let's so, take a break. <laughs> uh, I, no. I just, the last number is oh, my bad. after you get infected with the measles virus, kids lost 11 to 73% of the antibodies that they had built up for other diseases. That's okay? bad. So that's a lot of variation, but up to 73% of the antibodies you had protecting you from other shit can get wiped out by measles. The force has been depleted. It's just Chris Rock. Okay, guys, well then, let's take a break. We're going to get a little bit into the history of measles and our vaccination efforts towards it. Um, but before that, this is Stacy Song speaking. We'd like to offer a correction. Joe Kennedy III is the grandson of Robert Kennedy. Excuse us for this error. It won't matter because he no longer has a political career. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Hitting hard, Stacy. Let's take a break. Stacy just hates political dynasties. <laughs> The following is an actual advertisement. Write a review, and then you can share it. With the world. In any social media platform. And then your friends see it, and you can share and discover new shows together. This is Steph, instigator of Pod Rev Day Podcast Review Day. And I'm Andy from Inspired Money. And I'm Arielle of Earbuds Podcast Collective and CastBox. We're here to tell you everything you need to know about Pod Rev Day. Which is on the 8th of every month, of every year, of every century, of every... You get it. We are posting podcast reviews as part of hashtag Pod Rev Day Podcast Review Day. Because podcasters work their butts off and deserve to know how much they've impacted your lives. And you can do that through reviews. Even one star feels surprisingly <laughs> good. Does it? It lets you know that people are at least listening. Don't be a passive podcast listener. Write a review and tell your favorite creator what you love about their podcast or about a specific episode. And to participate, you just need to do one review. And we'll see you every eighth of the month. Pod Rev Day. Because podcasters deserve to hear it. Hashtag Pod Rev Day. P-O-D-R-E-V-D-A-Y. Okay, guys, here we are. We're in Inglewood, next to SpaceX, and we're recording the next part of our measles episode. Whoa, 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 whoa. Sean, tell me about the history of measles. <laughs> okay. The first written account of measles as something distinct from smallpox was written by a Persian dude, uh, an alchemist physician named Muhammad ibn Zakar... Hmm. Zakaria al-Razi. <laughs> I think That's it's how it's pronounced. <laughs> Muhammad... Ibn Zakaria al-Razi. He's um, dead, dude. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Although I do think his daughter's so hot. 
Christian Bale dates her in the first Batman, I think. Right? Oh. Talia Agu reference. Whoa, 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 whoa. Nice. Nice, dude. <laughs> yeah, okay. The third Bale Batman Yeah. Movie. Uh, people may not know this, but Persia was happening before the Mongols just steamrolled those fuckers. But like... Yeah, so, this is the early 900s. Yeah, AD. Persia was fucking happening. And this Muhammad bro was like, so fucking good at shit. And he was like, yo, there's this thing that's not smallpox. Look, science was different back then. That was enough to have a good paper. That was kind of a big deal, though, because mm. they both caused skin shit. Oh, they shit. They were both a virus. And they both, you know, had a lot of overlapping symptoms. And also, I mean, frankly, 900 AD is within the window of when measles first started existing. Yeah. This guy might have noticed measles being a distinct disease <laughs> as soon as it started being a disease. And dude, guys, like, to give some just frame of reference, in Europe, they were just eating cow shit off of pastures, and in Mesoamerica, <laughs> they had advanced civilizations. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, like... 900 AD uh, is a little post-Charlemagne times, right? What's up with you in AD, Sean? You're so, you're so Christian. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. I'm sorry for everything. <laughs> uh, what would you say it was post, though? Uh, it was Jesus, uh, Charlemagne it was. time, right? Oh, uh, Charlemagne was more like seven, was the 700s. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. You I, ignorant fuck! Well, so <laughs> in, in Crusader Kings 3, <laughs> there's a historical time point at like 867, and you can play as like a Louis the Bald or something yeah, like I that. Yeah, I think that was around the Treaty of Verdun. That's actually when Charlemagne's empire was split right. into pieces. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I guess it is the, it's the Carolingian period. Right, there, yeah, there's yeah. those guys running around. What are we doing here? Sean, why I like always, history. Why are you always sidetracking our show, Sean? I'm sorry. So something like 800 years after this Persian smarty. In his defense, a lot of stuff happened. We like found rubber trees. And we're like, whoa. In 1757, a Scottish dude named Francis Home demonstrated that measles is caused by something infectious within the blood of people sick with measles. You know, Scotland and Edinburgh especially was actually a major site of intellectual thought in that period you know it's just it's surprising because there's, there's <laughs> stupid savages now but like but like there was a time period where the scottish were actually famous for you know like not drinking you need to be more afraid of a scot just beating the shit out of you well it's funny because the first patreon supporter we ever had who wasn't a friend of ours uh -huh. was this, was that random Scots dude that mm -hmm. I ran into at the bar mm -hmm. who was like interviewing USC for like fucking neuro shit for mm -hmm. like super science stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm joking. I've actually always wished that was just like Sean Connery, just like running around 1800s Edinburgh, Athens of the North is what it's called, just like mm. banging anything <laughs> and like and like back then you could just like throw up balloons and be like gas is real <laughs> people be like you're a genius <laughs> right you could be like you throw an apple and hit a guy in the head and you'd be like gravity you know <laughs> well anyway so so what what this guy did in figuring out that measles is caused by something infectious in the blood of people with measles yeah what he was actually trying to do was he was trying to adapt the process of variolation which we talk about in our smallpox episode right it's it's kind of the way that you can inoculate people against a serious Smallpox infection. Which back then was really gross. Yeah, you took the scabs from people with smallpox, right? Super you turn gross. it, or sometimes the pus or something, Ugh. and you would try to get that into other people. You'd like blow it up their noses. Really Or you'd gross. try to like make like a little tiny, you know, pinprick or cut or something like that to rub the pus in. Super gross. But the whole point was to try to give people a really mild form of smallpox so they didn't die of like hardcore smallpox, right? Damn. And so this dude was like, 
let's fucking figure that shit out for measles, right? The Scots guy. And he was like, all right, the issue is there are no scabs for measles. So like, I can't get any of that good stuff. That's hard. So what am I going to grab? He was like, what about blood? Okay. You know what I mean? So he grabbed some blood. How uh, did he get the blood? Oh, he, he just, he was like, hey, orphan, come over here, orphan. Yeah. And he just, he just nabbed an orphan. He was like, give me your blood. People never think about the externalities of their decisions. Like now we have all these like anti-orphan laws that make it hard to be a wandering orphan. But like there's so many negative externalities on science and society by not having wandering orphans to exploit. And so basically he, he grabbed one orphan. Think of all the novels we don't have now because there's no wandering orphans. He, he caught an orphan with measles, <laughs> grabbed the blood out of that one, caught some orphans with Without measles, injected them, <laughs> and what he found out is that they did not get a milder form of measles. They just got measles. That's bad. <laughs> okay, so it didn't work. Right. That is true. So this might be a little bit of a <laughs> not super generous way of evaluating the science that he did. Technically, I don't think any of the kids got serious measles or okay. died. It was more like they all got moderate measles. And if you only have 12 kids, it's like that sample size is bullshit. It right. Doesn't, it doesn't prove anything. And later on, some people were like, hey, that sounds like a fun experiment. Go grab me some orphans. So right. they tried to reproduce the experiment, and they had trouble. Some people were able to. Some people couldn't. Right. And so basically, nothing really came out of all of that. It wasn't until 1953 to 63. When we had the technology to catch enough orphans (laughs) to to do this experiment well. I mean, it was after World War II. Everyone had banged and made a bunch of kids. Right. You know, they're just all over the place. Yeah. You don't want them. (laughs) So what are you going to do with them? Well, so in that period, from 53 to 63 in the U.S., pretty much every kid got measles before they were 15 years old. It was like a fact of life. Okay. Very cool. They were tougher back then. Okay. People really went through things. Three to four million people got sick with measles every year 50,000 of them were hospitalized 500 of them died a thousand of them had the encephalitis that was all just during the 50s okay and in the 50s we were developed in fact we were probably like the only country left that like wasn't undeveloped right like plenty of countries either didn't have paved roads or like whoopsie daisy something happened to them in the 40s yeah we just got drastically undeveloped um it's a very nice way of Talking about war and certainly talking bombs about the firebombing and- <laughs> of Dresden, that's for sure. Which was awesome. Just Rapid kidding. undevelopment. That was bad. Yes. Um, firebomb things. Not in 1963, we developed a vaccine, and then we refined it in 1968. And since then, the cases of measles have been dropping more or less. <laughs> right, 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 right. Depends on which particularly regressive community you live in in America. Yes. Now we're going to talk about the measles vaccine. So trigger warning. <laughs> If you're a total fucking idiot, (laughs) this is going to be a disturbing segment for you. Okay, visages of Bill Gates will haunt you in your sleep, saying, I want to help you with your diseases. You're like, no, I hate Microsoft. (laughs) The first computer chip was invented so that they had something to put into these vaccines. Mm -hmm, Anyway, mm -hmm. so in 1960... Wait, no. In 1963... It's all our responsibilities (laughs) to speak out. In 1963, that's when the first vaccine against measles became available. It was a live attenuated virus. And it caused some mild symptoms, like a rash and fever, and it was pretty annoying. Okay, okay, cool. Getting the vaccine actually bothered enough people that they were like, let's keep working on it to attenuate it further. Right. Okay? And so they developed other versions, including one in 1968. Which is when Kimberly Guilfoyle was born. So, is there a link? I think so. 
<laughs> Fuck. Actually, just kidding. She was born in 69. Fuck. <laughs> okay, so. I know. And Donald Trump Jr. was born in 77. A lucky man. <laughs> Older woman. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> anyway, so basically the 1968 version of the vaccine is more or less what we use today. Cool. Okay. In 1989, so after we had been vaccinating people for a little while, there was actually a big outbreak among school kids that had already been vaccinated. Right. Okay. And that helped them realize that, okay, immunity actually wears off. So... Basically, at this point, that outbreak meant that the immunity had worn off and they needed to do a booster, right? So that's when we started doing boosters for this vaccine. Usually, this measles vaccine is packaged along with vaccines for mumps and rubella. I've as, had those. Yeah, the, the vaccines. vaccines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. As an MMR vaccine, which is typically given to babies around 12 months of age with a booster at age four to six-ish. And the MMR group of vaccines is very safe, but like all vaccines, there are adverse events that we are already on the lookout for. You can check out our vaccines episode where we talk about both the system to look out for any kind of adverse events and on what can happen to people that get the MMR vaccines. Kids that get it sometimes have residual pain in the site of injection, maybe a fever, a small rash. They can get kind of swollen glands in their neck. Rarely, like one kid out of 3,000 or so, has a small increased chance of what are called febrile seizures. Mm. And febrile seizures are when you get a fever and then start having a seizure, kind of getting seized up and, you know, doing the whole twitchy seizure thing. Well, throw the vaccine away. Well, it's very scary looking. <laughs> it is scary looking when you have like a kid, like a two-year-old or something. But it's not very dangerous for public health. It's, it's a, like it's, it's also, one kid. If they die, it's like whatever. Well, the thing is, it's actually also not dangerous for the kid. Like, febrile seizures are much scarier looking than they are dangerous. So we both don't care about that, but that's good for the kid. <laughs> I mean, it's good that they got vaccinated. Yeah. It's nice if they don't get the febrile seizure. Preferably. But, but it's it's not the kind of thing that's, like, very likely to kill you or cause any kind of detrimental health effects afterwards. It's that's just pretty very cool. scary looking. And that's I understand, pretty cool. I understand why parents would freak out about seeing it. Right. But it's really not all that dangerous. Can I say something that's going to sound politically incorrect? Mm. Parents need to stop being such bitches. <laughs> I feel like parents are such bitches these days. I remember reading Tom Sawyer. That kid was just like, God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you could float down the Mississippi back then. Like, look, I read Huckleberry Finn. Yeah, I read that too. He okay. says some problematic things. Well, you know. They wouldn't fly nowadays <laughs> well, if he lived to be here now. Well, in, in their defense, that's also the generation that like legit fought a war. For freedom, so, like, I feel like they get one Huckleberry Finn book. <laughs> right? Like, I don't know. I've never fought to end slavery. Someone else gets to make that decision. <laughs> so I'm going to leave that to somebody else. <laughs> so, one thing that there's... That's no true. We would leave it to someone else. We would let Dad pay an Irishman to fight for us. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can make the decision. I'm just... In terms of, like, canceling Huckleberry Finn and Tom oh, yeah. Sawyer and Mark Twain... Yeah. Not my decision. Somebody else gets to choose. Dude, I'm keeping Jesus, Tupac, Biggie, Mark Twain. <laughs> Those are the four portraits in my room. Fuck, okay. That's kidding. I like Huckleberry from that that much. There is no evidence. There is no evidence <laughs> that a side effect of the MMR vaccine is autism. We need vaccination rates above 90% to stop endemic spread of measles. Okay? That's a it lot. it spreads so easily. It's so right. infectious. That makes sense. So ideally, we would have 95% of the entire world vaccinated and hypothetically, then we could get rid of measles once and for all. There's no other natural reservoir. Okay. Well, why can't we hit 100? 
Whoa, uh, layup. <laughs> yeah, uh, thank you. Uh, immunocompromised people can't get vaccinated with this live attenuated virus. And so we need everyone who is not severely CD4 T-cell compromised to get vaccinated. Right. I mean, this is kind of true about vaccines in general, right? It's like some people are immune compromised. Some people have really severe reactions to vaccines. That's why it's incumbent upon the rest of us to get vaccinated to help those people out. Yeah. So there are some kinds of vaccines. We talked about this a little bit in the vaccines episode. There are some kinds of vaccines that don't have a live virus. Right. And so people who are immunocompromised can get those vaccines. Right. What's a good example? Let's see. I think the current... Flu viruses right. are examples that are not live attenuated. Okay, okay. Now, if you're immunocompromised, certain kinds of immunocompromised means a vaccine wouldn't do anything to you anyway. Right. But there's lots of different kinds of immunocompromised. Right. For some people, getting a safe vaccine for immunocompromised people is fine. Right. Measles is not one of those. Okay. So all the rest of us need to get our measles vaccines. Okay, cool. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, treatments for measles. It's actually easier to find papers using the measles vaccine to fight cancer than it is to find papers on actual treatments for measles itself. Well, why would we need antivirals, right? Like, we've already been beating up measles. Right, except for people who are now getting it because of anti-vaxxers. Those people suck. And it's just, it's nice to have something in your back pocket in case something slips through. That was a right? San Marine County reference, very subtle. <laughs> He's from San Marine County. Great. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so part of that is because, yeah, sure, there's a very impressive efficacy for the measles vaccine. So you don't really need treatments if you don't ever get measles in the first place. But certainly it'd be nice to have stuff hanging around, especially because if people do get measles, that has progressed to like the encephalitis stage. It'd be really nice if we had something that could help take care of that. Fair enough. Certainly nothing is approved right now. With the exception, kind of, of vitamin A supplementation if the child is deficient and maybe like a fever reducer to make the child more comfortable. Very okay? cool. But, I mean, the fever reducer doesn't do anything to, like, whether the, the disease kills you or not. Yeah. Vitamin A supplementation might help a little bit to lower the odds of, like, a very severe case. Mm -hmm. But it only matters if the child is, is deficient in vitamin A. Yeah. So, one of the exceptions for treatments, though, is the pneumonia part. And pneumonia was one of the kind of the biggest killers during a measles infection. It's typically a secondary infection. So you get measles, you get sick, measles messes up your immune system, and then a bacteria comes in and infects your lungs. And then you get pneumonia from that. So you can actually use antibiotics to help treat the pneumonia part of measles. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty nice. It's nice we got that around. Okay, okay, um, okay. Which means if you're in a place where they got a good amount of antibiotics and everything, and you get a kind of pneumonia that is not antibiotic resistant, right. that actually cuts out a lot of the mortality of measles. Okay. Because that was so one of the big killers. Don't really need vaccines then. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I'm hearing is no vaccines. God, you're terrible. I just don't like my doctor. There's a little bit of work using antibodies against measles from people with protection and injecting those into people that aren't vaccinated. That's still under a lot of investigation. There's also some studies on like, can we use proteins and stuff to stick to the surface of the measles virus itself to like block right. it from being able to get in. And then also remdesivir, mm. which is- The Soros approved treatment method of uh, Corona. <laughs> oh shit, dude. You are fading fast. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, so. Uh, remdesivir, which is shown to have a little bit of helpfulness with COVID, also appears to reduce the infection of cells. 
by paramyxovirus, which is in the same big group that measles is part of. What are you laughing at? Uh, just in the notes, you, you have it spelled out for pronunciation. It's paramyxa. Yeah, because like reading it, I was like paramyxovirus. It's pretty or... fucked up. Yeah, so paramyxovirus. So, I mean, how many government grants? Like, how much money is there in figuring out anti-virals like, for fucking measles for a disease that we already have a virus for? Like, where are all these cities coming from? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, not a lot of money. Yeah. Not a lot of money. So they're just like individual heroes out there in the boonies. I think a lot of times it's scientists in labs that are still looking for something there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that there's a lot of big pharma money in trying to find a treatment for measles. It's just, it's not a huge priority. Which is, I mean, honestly, in a zero-sum situation, yeah. what are you going to spend your money on? Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe Alzheimer's, maybe cancer or something like that. Right. So, you know, but it is good. I think there's still scientists out there trying to figure it out. So why don't we take a short break and then we'll go into our last segment, Measles Today. Sweet. So, Sean, tell me about <laughs> measles today. <laughs> People don't know. But you always get a certain fucking look on your face when you're doing that voice. To talk. Yeah, you kind of get like a, <laughs> and you get like duck lips a little bit. Yeah. Oh, man. Anyway. <laughs> so measles was essentially seen as eliminated in developed nations like the U.S. until more recently. When we've seen a big uptick in measles in the U.S. and Europe because of anti-vaxxers putting themselves and immunocompromised people at risk. Sean, tell me more about these anti-vaxxers. <laughs> that fucking voice. <laughs> so, in other parts of the world where we don't have these fucking anti-vaxxers, um, the vaccine has demonstrated huge benefits. There's been big education pushes to help people understand the value of vaccines, and we've seen really big successes in getting rid of measles in places like Sri Lanka and the Maldives. Well, Sean, tell me about global deaths over time. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? Okay, so global deaths from measles increased in 2018 compared to 2017, okay, which is the, I don't know if you knew this, opposite direction of what you want to see. Well, I'm Chris <laughs> Cuomo, so I don't really know much. <laughs> That's obviously the wrong direction. Okay, with over 140,000 kids dying from measles in 2018, which it is down from over half a million deaths in the year 2000. Okay, so that's nice. But still, 140,000 kids dying from a vaccine-preventable disease. It's not great, Nathan. Look, Sean, I'm the big jawed moron brother of Andrew Cuomo, all right? I don't know what the upshot is. You need to tell me the upshot in plain language so the American people can understand because I'm a fucking idiot on CNN. Fuck. All right. Right now. I'm Duck uh, Lips Cuomo. You shut your fucking mouth, Cuomo. <laughs> Across the world, global vaccination efforts have got us to the point where 86% of babies get their vaccine shot. Okay? But under 70% get their booster shot. All right? So that's not great. We have this kind of difference between how many are getting vaccinated the first time versus their booster. And some would say that you're stopping the Second Amendment rights of 86% of babies. What would you say about that? <laughs> Did you say Second Amendment? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if their arm is sore from the vaccine shot, how are they going to hold their gun? 
Um, takes a good guy with a gun. Am I right? I mean, maybe it's just New York values. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I don't know what Chris Cuomo thinks about anything. Okay. So 86%, 70%, those are better than 0% vaccinated, but we need to get to 95% for this disease. Right. Okay? And COVID-19 has led to supply disruptions and reduced healthcare worker availability. So this year, there might be as many as 80 million kids that don't get vaccinated that would have. So okay? would you say that maybe this is the fate the world deserves for all of its poor decisions? <laughs> I think uh, I want the world to get better, Nathan. Oh, uh, that's beautiful. So I don't, I don't, I don't like to think about things as like comeuppances and stuff like that. Well, anyway, the point is, we've made big progress on measles. Yeah, especially in other parts of the world. That's not the U.S. Right. We need to get back on track here. Yeah. I don't actually know what the best way to convince people of anything is. You know what I mean? Like persuasion. I don't know how it works nowadays. Yeah, you're not persuading. Right. Yeah. I, probably not. If anybody knows how to persuade people, please use that power to persuade anti-vaxxers, okay? Because it honestly puts us all at risk. Measles is a disease where it's so infectious that we need such a large amount of buy-in. Mm. There's really no wiggle room to have anti-vaxxers running around. You know what I mean? It, just, it really doesn't work for measles. This is why we need a good moderator who could work. This is why we need a good conversationalist. This is why we need a straight talk express kind of guy who can talk on both sides. That's right, Tim Ryan. <laughs> we need Tim Ryan for president. It's funny. I thought you were going to do Jimmy Coconuts. And then before that, I thought you were going to do Michelle Obama for some reason. <laughs> it's Tim Ryan. <laughs> Everyone's first pick for something. All right. Well, oh, fuck me. Okay. Well, Woo. anyway, everybody get your kids vaccinated. Woo. Make sure everyone's up on their MMR vaccine. Yeah, everyone get vaccines for Petri dish because this episode's locked and loaded. <laughs> yes, and also happy uh, for everyone in the U.S., happy Labor Day. We're dropping on Labor Day, everybody. Sweet. Celebrate labor, okay? Hardworking people yeah. whose like gains Nathan. have been eradicated by Republicans. <laughs> yes. Remember their death? Go and throw a wreath on the graves that Ronald Reagan pissed on. <laughs> Yeah, accurate. Actually. Yeah, let's yeah. not forget that Ronald Reagan's the great villain of our era. <laughs> okay, Donald Trump and George W. Bush are his pathetic little children. Yeah, the uh, what's that called when you make a beification? Is that what? Is that how you oh, say is that it? when you bring someone to sainthood or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that's how you say it, I'm sorry, Catholic listeners. The beification of Reagan with shittier and shittier Republican presidents and stuff like that. It's yeah. like, wasn't Reagan great? No. Yeah. He was a shithead, too. <laughs> yeah, it's like, at least Teddy successfully invaded Latin American countries and, like, killed <laughs> bears, right? <laughs> at least he's a tough guy while he did it. Fuck. Okay, anyway. All Ronald Reagan did was, like, talk to chimpanzees. <laughs> <laughs> Mammy. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'd like a jelly bean, mommy. <laughs> okay. Fuck. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening to whatever this episode ended up being like. Because Woo! I'm sure stuff's getting cut. Woo! Thank you to Stacy Song, our sound lord and engineer, who's going to be working overtime to unfuck up this episode. A lot of work today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you to you, Nathan, Woo! for supremely fucking up this episode. Dude, thank you for you, Sean. You're like the Bill from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. You know, like you're, you're like <laughs> you're like my 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 bro. <laughs> I am literally your brother. Call me um, Ted. <laughs> You're Ted. I'm Ted, dude. Mosby. I'm John. No! <laughs> uh, all right. Thanks, uh, Dad, for artwork. Griffin Allen for little animations. Yeah. Yeah. Please tweet at us at Dish Podcast on Twitter. Email us at PetriDishPod at gmail.com. We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash PetriDish. And uh, you can rate and review us. That'd be nice. Please do that. 
Mama said, Mama said. <laughs> yeah. Rain review. Fuck. Petri dish. Terrible. All right. <laughs> we'll see you all next time. Please come back. I know this episode stuff happened, but please come back. <laughs> Ich benign science. <laughs> Thank you.